When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Saturday, January 13th. Uh, we're recording before the Celtics take on the Rockets tonight. Uh, obviously, you guys are listening to this after the Celtics have already taken on the Rockets, and we'll be recording our reaction to the game afterwards uh, and pasting it in here per usual. But again, as is the case when the Celtics play on a, what is it, Saturday, uh, Monday, or Wednesday, you're getting past and future us uh, who do know about the game and don't know about the game. So uh, we don't know what's happening, but uh, our future selves do. Anyways, uh, before we get into any of that, you guys know the drill by now. Let's give away some popcorn. Let's see who's winning in Pop Nito today uh, and spin a lot the of people. Lots of people are very Would interested the in the popcorn this week. Pete we'll has been trying his best. <laughs> He's become the Pistons of the Impopnito wheel, where he has come very close to winning multiple times, but still can't seem to have things go his way. Unfortunately, let's hope Pete defies the odds today. Let's see who is winning. Is it going to be Pete? It will be not Pete. Have we won the popcorn before? I think he has. I think we got to do a respin. I, I think so. This one's on me because I just go through the comments and, and, and put in everybody who's won what's popping. But sometimes people who have already won have commented what's popping already. But I'm pretty sure what's World Be Free has won what's popping for. World, let us know if you haven't won. I'm, I'm 90% sure you have. So if you haven't won, we'll just get like do two um, because we messed up. However, I we're, let's do a respin. Do you agree? I, I think we should do. A respin. Run it back. Yeah. You gotta go to the review. Respin. I'm pretty he sure wins World again. has won. Yeah. No, I took him off. World's gone. Oh, World's no longer on here. Oh wait, I thought I did. Get World out of here. Okay. I'm pretty sure World has won. World, comment if okay. you haven't. But I, I'm pretty sure you've won before. But let's let's give that a little redo. Tibbs. Tibbs. Long now, over. I know Tibbs's comment because he said, "If I win in Pop Nino, can I give it away to a viewer?" And you know what, Tibbs? Sure. Uh, Tibbs, comment on this podcast, say you won, and whoever responds to you, uh, you can respond back to them and say they won, and we'll, we'll give it away that way. So, Tibbs, it's on you, though. So, if you don't watch this, then no one gets popcorn. So, everyone can yell at Tibbs in the comment. So, Tibbs, listen, watch, comment, and uh, get some people to respond to you uh, and, and and give it away to somebody, and, and, and we'll we'll get in contact with you. Just send us an email uh, at hbtcpod at gmail.com. And if you would like a chance... To win yourself some Minpop Nito popcorn, make sure to comment what's popping on the video or send us an email saying what's popping uh, to get a chance to be entered on that wheel. Uh, and if you have one, maybe don't comment. Comment comment something else so so I don't accidentally push you on like, the wheel. I'm again. a winner, and this is what I think about the Celtics. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's throw it over to our future selves to recap the Celtics-Rockets game. 
All right. Thank you to our past selves for throwing it over to us after the Celtics Rockets game. Celtics lost by 40 to the Bucs, and they decided to win by 30 against the Rockets. Flip the script. Uh, six, 60 point swing between two I games. I really thought you were like doing an intro to the Bucs. I was like, wait a minute. No, they didn't, they didn't just lose by 40. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Celtics ended up taking a win 145 to 113, 32 point victory for the Rockets. Steadily stomped them. There was a Bucks fan on Twitter who decided to tweet out, look at that. The Rockets. They're on a back-to-back, and they're not losing by 30. And then I had to update them and let them know that they did, in fact, uh, lose by 30. Uh, the Bucks deserve to win the Celtics game. That's not the point. It was just a funny tweet. But um, domination across the board for the Seas. Jalen Brown put up 32 points in an efficient scoring night. Tatum put up 27 in an equally, uh, maybe not equally, but just as efficient of a scoring night. Eight rebounds, five assists for Tatum. Uh, five assists for Tatum, Kristaps, and uh, Derek White. Two for Jalen, two for Holiday. Lots of assisting tonight in the Celtics game from the starting lineup at the very least. Lots of scoring as well. All five starters finished in double digits. Uh, Derek White back on track from three-point range, which is good. Uh, Tatum killing it from three still. Jalen Brown found the stroke from three as well. Jalen Brown missed, what, two two-point field goals? Shot seven of nine from inside the three-point arc. He was on fire all night. Um, Peyton Pritchard, big game off the bench, 19 points, 7 to 10, 3 to 6. Um, good game all around for the Celtics. Nobody really played well for the Rockets, except for Alperen Shangun, who was, as advertised, dominant uh, with the Celtics, finding no real answer for him in the post. It's just once the Celtics got rolling, there was like uh, no chance for, for them to get in it. But uh, good win. Good win for the Celtics. Good bounce back. Yeah, I was watching this game, and it's one of those things where if you're playing the Celtics and uh, both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can't miss, you're probably not going to do very well, not to mention poor Zingas having himself a great start to this game. So it was pretty hard to imagine this going any other way for the Rockets once you start to see – I mean, even Jalen. Jalen came out red hot. He had only taken five shots after Tatum's onslaught in the second quarter. And I was like, wow, it really feels like he was more involved than just taking five shots. He was four or five at the time. And that was because he helped kickstart the offense. And that was something they really missed in Milwaukee. They didn't have anybody to get them going, and they just never left the starting line. Like, it was awful. They just kind of got left in the dust, and there was no answer. And that was the end of the game. They pulled the starters tonight. They were ready to play. This was a spot where... Um, you know, we discussed it. There was a possibility that Houston would come in fired up and they want to win for their coach who was outed by this team and let go. And he's not the coach there anymore. Instead, the Celtics played like they weren't really concerned with any of that and steamrolled the Rockets. It was pretty excellent. It's everything you want to see from a team that is undefeated at home. They played like they do in every home game. They played hard. They played good defense. There were several big, loud blocks. Jalen had those pair of blocks where he let everybody know that he had blocked the shot. And I was just overall really impressed to see some of the production they got from some of these guys. To me, big time story, Derek White back. Finally Derek back. White back. Yes, 100%. I agree. Good game for Derek White. That was fun. Al Horford was at plus 30 in this game, which is kind of nuts. Uh, I didn't even know he played that much. He had a thunderous block, too, now that you said it. Uh, he, he did, with yeah. Seven, Jeff Green won. Excuse me. Yeah, that was big time. Um, fun game. Uh, we can talk about the email stuff a little bit too. There's not really too, too much to talk about um, as far as on the court. Jalen Brown, really good in transition. Jason Tatum, really good night overall scoring. There, there are a couple niche things we can go over. We can save those for a film room thing. Just my notes like Jason Tatum's screening has been really fun. 
it's again niche don't want to sure, go too in a, detail here that's uh, a but, video right there <laughs> Jason Tatum you know what i'm saying that's sick screens Everybody that's won. an article that maybe, maybe that's an article sam hauser played really good defense tonight the rockets kept attacking him uh, and he just joke like, didn't let him yeah it was me that was all me give me the, help me out it works uh he said uh just because he's white doesn't mean he can't defend and then the jays did a really good job of passing out of double teams the rockets were just sending two guys at them all night especially tatum and they were just like yeah it doesn't matter we're just gonna kick it to porzingis who also back from three which is huge uh he was shooting like 27 percent over his last x amount of games um seven or eight games and he shot three or five tonight so that was big <clears throat> but yeah as far as the email stuff uh spoke before the game also after but most of the like the juicy stuff that people would be interesting in uh came before i wrote about it for celtics blog if you'd like the full in-depth like <laughs> stuff about it um <clears throat> the biggest quote that came of it was i think adam himmelsbach at the globe asked like you know was it frustrating not to be able to tell the guys anything you know Tatum Brown and all those guys like they didn't know what was going on at the time and he was like uh, I would say they lied to you guys they knew some of them knew obviously I could talk to them they wouldn't share stuff publicly who needed to know knew uh, <clears throat> Gary Washburn without directly asking Jalen about that quote asked him after the game and Jalen was like we knew what happened from the jump but then there was other stuff that had us speculating that could there could have been more but then it just ended up being like that that more stuff wasn't a thing so like it sounded like the Celtics knew something that happened and then there was this additional information that came out, whether it was internally, Jalen said it was like internal information because like speculation um, that made them think it was more than it was. And then it wasn't. So there's just like a lot of confusion behind the scenes, but some weird stuff there. You uh, may said he was up front with the guys when it happens, uh, said he's made up with all the coaches, all that stuff, moved on, um, ran into them at Marcus Smart's wedding. Uh, all time quote for Sam is said, you know, the 2022 year wasn't a uh, failure, was a failure job, not finished. Uh, we didn't get it done. Nice. So that sucked. Um, <clears throat> he said his biggest regret is letting people down. I'm just going over there and we could talk about it, but like, That's fine. yeah, just yeah. like it's important. Talk, talked about the relationships. He f yeah. Talked about the relationships he formed, how they're long lasting compared it to Aldridge and B like guys he's coached in the past uh, said that from that standpoint, you know, if they do something crazy or he does something crazy, they'll reach out um said they ran into each other in la a lot when they're over the summers just said, said he still has a relationship tatum talked about how he talked to him and 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 said stuff and you know jalen brown said something similar it seems like they still have a good relationship with him or whatever but and he acknowledged like yeah letting people down which is exactly what happened <laughs> he let people down with his decision making yeah i mean that's really all we have to say i'm not gonna i don't really want to talk about it but i i yeah. do think that the news part is. is important too i've Brought, yeah, so. the important information. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think there was anything past that with the Doka thing. To be honest, I was kind of like, I was tempted to ask Jalen or Jason, like, do you care as much about the storyline aspect that everyone makes it out to? Like, just like flat out, like, does it matter? Like, everyone is making this into a huge thing. Like, you guys had a relationship with them and you clearly still talk to them, but like, all this speculation, all the drama, like, like, does it, do you guys care at all? Because <laughs> I, I don't think they do realistically. Maybe they care a they're, little they're, bit, but I, I just think in that situation, like I think I said on the pregame, anytime you're like underneath somebody as a coach, like you must look up to them. At least if you're having success like that team did, you must look up to them a little bit. So I think in that respect, they cared. And it probably sucked to have the most success they'd ever had as a team and have somebody leading them and then have that person no longer be there. That's probably the thing they care about. I don't really know if they think he got a raw deal or whatever, and whether or not he did, it was his own fault 
because uh, you don't really get a raw deal in that situation unless, uh, you know, you initiate the mm-hmm. uh, issue. <laughs> true. No, very true. Very true. Um, I don't think we have much else, but we're short. So I'm going to just look at the two plays about Tatum screening and Sam's going to let me be a nerd uh, for half a second here. Well, I didn't and really hope to you say uh, much on, on the game. Oh, I mean, what, I just didn't know if there was anything else to say. What else is there to say about the game? It was pretty clear cut oh, blow, and I'm happy. Yeah, a yeah. nice Pritchard game. Like, I feel like we haven't yeah. seen a really good Pritchard game in a little while. Uh, I saw that he got asked about it after the game, and they were like, hey, what do you think of, like, playing in garbage time? And he was like, pretty much like, fuck you, this is the NBA. Like, this is not garbage time. Like, why are you asking me this? Yeah, (laughs) I I, I was like, oh, wow, Pritchard Cook. Uh, But seriously, like, I thought we saw some really cool stuff from Pritchard. It was nice to see him to be able to create shots a little bit. I thought he did well in his real minute, too, where the game was still close. Mm -hmm. So I'm really encouraged by that. I also thought, I mean, two of eight from Hauser, he's going to get back eventually. It just has to happen. Um, But he did make a couple, which is pretty good. And um, as far as the the stars go, Jalen Brown, the most efficient 32 points you're ever going to see. Insane. Insane stuff from him. And just very proud of of the top couple guys. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Tatum ejection. Uh, Yeah, I I guess we didn't. I forgot it happened, honestly, because it didn't really – it didn't matter to me. Yeah. As soon as he got the uh, first check, you knew he was going to get tossed. Like he's like, yes. Oh, we're up 27. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm done playing. I'm going to give said these that guys the a piece well, of my mind. Not that part. Not that part. But after the game, he goes, I can read a room. We already won the game. It was time for me to stand up for myself. That's yeah. what he said. He's like, yeah, that's fine. They yeah, got sure. to read Why the not? room stuff. Uh, the threes continue to fall for Tatum too. Like his hot streak continues. And I know you guys asked him about the, you know, month by month trend. And he was like, listen, I just try and get better every month. But it's definitely like yeah. a real thing. Like the man was just is. like off as off can be for the last three or four weeks. And now he's back to the guy that is just able to take over games easily. This is the second yes. game out of three that he has had an unbelievable stretch where they had no answer for him. The threes were falling. He was making good drives. You talked about the passing, too. Like, the Celtics just played really well as a team. Tatum and Brown were a huge part of that with their efficiency and their decision-making. And I – how many does Jalen have turnovers tonight? Only three? Yeah, pretty good night. Like, not, bad. Yeah, not, yeah, not a bad night. So, <clears throat> not at all. like you said, Porzingis made some threes, so that was pretty encouraging stuff, too. Yes. Tatum, only a plus nine, Jack. Controversy. He's been less of the the plus minus God for the last uh, X amount of weeks now. Um, It's kind of weird because like as soon as he started scoring again, the plus minus has started to be not as good. But when he was struggling to score, but doing everything else, the plus minuses were like electric. Um, I don't know. The plus minus is is something um, I will say, regardless of his regardless of his shooting, Derek White's plus minus continues to be obscene, uh, which is telling, I suppose. Um, Yeah. The NFL season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. 
FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's impossible to completely read into that stuff, though. Where is he ranking the league in total plus minus now, Derek White? He is one. Leads the league in plus minus. I was one. Not close. Five. Not even close, actually. Yeah, so he's plus 372 on the year. Shea is in second at 350. Jokic at 319, and no one else is above 300. That's insane. (laughs) Do you realize how fucking crazy it is? Derek White and then probably the two of the top three MVP candidates. (laughs) Well, I think, I don't know if we talked, we did like a couple of recordings today. So I don't remember if it was the pregame show or the actual pod that you guys will be listening as part of this, but. We kind of talked about Derek White's struggles and how when he's actually like able to be the Derek White we've seen for the majority of the season, he is truly unbelievably important to what they're doing. Like when he's missing these shots mm-hmm. like he did the last week or so, you have really felt it. You're like, damn, like mm-hmm. that one really that one's been going all year. It's kind of crazy not to have that. So to see him make three of five tonight was pretty good. He made his first one. Uh he was short on a couple two-point shots to start this one off before that three. But I think after the three went in, he got more relaxed. Looked pretty comfortable, which is good going forward. I mean, they have Toronto Monday, so he'll have more opportunity to probably have some less stressful games to play in. The Mickey Mouse game of the week. Yeah, that Toronto team has struggled lately. They were like off to a hot start. RJ Barrett's been really fun to watch in Toronto. He's had a terrible game last night, so this is the worst time for me to say it. But like, him and quickly had it feels like the Knicks needed a guy who could be catch and shoot and good on defense, and the Raptors needed more creators. And that's kind of like what both teams got. Anyways, not to talk about that too much. Well, um, they, yeah, good they're, game they're all around. Them, so it's, it's <clears throat> good game. Svee made his threes. Good for him. O'Shea. O'Shea made the three. Look at that. How about? Yeah, uh, O'Shea actually, one for one. So before two minutes, not two minutes, but like two minutes of game time, like five minutes before. O'Shea hit the three. I turned to Bobby Koritsky. Shout out talking C's. And I go, Bobby, I'll bet you five bucks O'Shea doesn't hit a three <laughs> And he goes, I bet he does. And I bet he hits it from the corner. And then he hits it from the corner. <laughs> and Bobby just stands up and looks yeah, at Yeah, fucked. <laughs> uh, uh, electric. Final note funny. for this game. Mm. Boban looks real sad. Poor guy. He Poor guy. I saw him before the game. He's a big guy. This is not like meant to be mean. But I feel like Boban's life is actually like kind of sad. Like he's so big. <laughs> no, seriously, like he's so big that like everything is too small for him. I think he has to use an iPad as a phone. Uh, like his bet, he's really like not getting minutes in the NBA. I don't know. I'm sure he's mm-hmm. got plenty of money to build all uh, Boban sized yeah, things. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't know. He just looked <laughs> kind of sad out there, and I made me think. So <laughs> he's fine. Did he play? Yeah, he played. He was he came in the fourth bit. quarter yeah, a little bit. I was writing about the Spurs by then. All right, let me let me let me do my quick Jason Tatum thing. Sorry, I, I need to now because I brought it up. So you don't have a good view of the first screen on this one, and it does end up like don't focus on the result of the play, please, because it ends in a turnover. But that's not the point. And the point is the look they get. Off. 
<clears throat> I know that's fine. People can click off all they want. Let me do my thing. This is this is what I enjoy. So let me do okay. it. Okay. So what you don't see before the clip because it got cut off. Tatum screens for Cornette to get Cornette open in that little space there, and then he immediately comes up to screen for Pritchard because Celtics sent two guys towards Tatum for a moment. Like t- again, it gets cut off, so it's bad. But Green and Whitmore went to Tatum for a little bit, and now Green is on the back heels, and it creates space for a lot. I will say Thompson does a good job of like getting back and like. I mean that's a phenomenal defensive play, but yeah, the point is Tatum can draw. Yeah, Tatum can draw so much attention that him just screening twice in a row gives so much space for these other guys. And this was after like Tatum made four shots in a row. So Joe's talked a yeah. lot about using him in different ways this year, and so I thought that was I, I thought it was interesting. And I need to find the full clip so I can show the the cornet screen too because they like screen for each other and it was cool. But then this one <clears throat> is a way to get Tatum a matchup he wants. So it looks like it's just going to be a, a, you know, action with Porzingis and maybe Derek White, like maybe go around here rather than getting uh Sangoon on him. Tatum screens for Derek White. Derek White gets the ball immediately screens. And then, I mean, money, right? It's just, it's been interesting to watch him like, cause that's not something he's done in years past. He's been almost like the ball handler, the score, like either that or off the ball, but he's been screening it a lot this season. And Joe's talked about it and I'm probably going to write about it, but I wanted to point those out tonight because I thought well, they were, uh, we've they were talked fun. about him as the role man before in the pick and roll and how dangerous him and Brown can be. If they kind of run that where <laughs> as the role guy, he's good at making the quick catch and decision, whether it's go to the rim or make the extra pass. And that makes him dangerous. And I think there's also value, like you said, in him not necessarily having to be the guy to bring up the ball because you're able to do stuff like this. You're able to use him off the ball. And by setting screens, you're making the defense really have to sweat. Makes just Mm -hmm. the advantage of having all of these star players on the floor for the Celtics that much more valuable. Mm -hmm. Even this, right? Like this is a completely off the ball. Tatum is not involved screen but it leads to one of the biggest shots of the game. Watch this. Tatum cuts in. McDaniels panics, but instead of driving all the way, since Nasri is sagging off, boom, see you later, Nasri. You're not getting there in time. Like, just the small things. Like, he's doing all the small things, and because he was able to draw Jaden McDaniels complete attention on the cut because he was hot, Al Horford was able to hit a three that brought them to within six, and this was Minnesota's biggest lead of the game. Like, this... So Tatum, what Tatum is doing on the screens, Joe's talked about it. I think it's interesting. I'll probably write about it soon. But anyways, uh, any final thoughts or should we throw it back over? No, nothing. Uh, good right. win. Happy to see them yes. get up by a lot of points and hold on to it. Like they didn't 19. really make you sweat tonight. Pretty good. Yes. And they undefeated. Yeah. 19 in a row at home. Love to see it. Uh, thank you. all about to do an outro again. Send it back to the rest. Thank of the you. Show. Anyway, you got this far. <laughs> all right. Thank you to our past selves for, uh, or I guess our future selves for recapping the game and our past selves for throwing it over to our futures. Uh, I've gotten not very good at this whole like past future thing. I messed it up in the last video when we recapped the uh, Timberwolves. You messed game. it up? Yeah, I did. When, when I, so when we were recapping Timberwolves, um, I said thank you to our past selves when I said thank you to the people who recapped the Timberwolves game when it was really our future selves uh, at the time who recapped it. It's very confusing if you think about it. I, I haven't been very good lately. But anyways, uh, first piece of Celtics thing uh, news that we're going to go over today is Delano Banton uh, and Namiya Keda have been sent to the G League. Um, Banished. Now, they were sent up for um, the day of the Rockets game, so this past day as you're listening to this 
uh, both got the start in Maine, but it is interesting. Namish Kata was up in the G League uh, at the start of the year. I believe this is Delano Bayton's first time in the G League. I don't know how much time he's spent there uh, in years past. Obviously, it's not his first time in the G League in his career, but with the Celtics, this is the first time he's been sent up to Maine. Uh, over his career, G League stats, can I go year to year? He had He was not... He was in the G League a little bit last year. I don't know about his rookie season because it doesn't show it on Real GM. Um, but it is interesting to see uh, that he is in it. Okay, yeah, he has been in the G League every year of his career now, all three. So, I don't know. It, interesting. What, what do you make of it? Do you think it's good for him that they're trying to get him reps? Do you think it's bad for him that they don't trust him enough to be on the roster? Like, what, what, what's the deal there? Uh, I think it's good for him to get reps. I don't think Banton has gotten a lot of run consistently where he's playing a role that he's comfortable in. He's being asked to do a lot of off ball stuff, play defense, which is always a good thing at an NBA level, but also like he's kind of being asked to shoot threes. He does get to once in a while run the break, but he doesn't get a ton of opportunity to do what he does best. So by going to Maine, he can get more opportunities, get more comfortable, re re up his skills and get back to a point where he might be feeling good about his game. I mean, they just played Milwaukee. They just all got to play a ton of extra minutes after the starters failed to do anything. So I don't know. It's fine. I don't think it's a, a normal thing. Like we haven't seen a lot of Banton going to Maine, but Kata is somebody that has been up and down. So less of like a red flag in his sense, because They've been having him go and play in Maine and then also come down and be with the team. Banton's a dif different story, though. I didn't, I didn't, honestly didn't even know they could send him up to Maine. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure about it either. Um, I do wonder about Kato, though, because he hasn't been up in a long time. Like, I think this pretty firmly cements that they trust Luke Cordette more with that spot. Like, there, there was a time there over, like, the Christmas um, period, like, late December, where Luke was back and Kato was still playing, but, like, since then, since Luke got that start, since since they've thrown him back in there, it does seem like they're firmly comfortable with Luke at that third, third center spot. And I mean, it makes sense, right? He he has been, in my opinion, objectively better. Like there are things that Namish Keita does better than Luke Cornett, like the rebounding and and the hustle. But as an overall player in this Celtic system, I think Luke's just kind of outplayed him. Sure, and he also has the feel for being on the main roster for a long period of time spend multiple seasons with a lot of the core players. And he's somebody that they feel they can trust being out there. I mean, he started that one game against, uh, was it Toronto where he had the 20 game, 20 point game? Yes. I and he had so, the yeah. dunk to seal it. I mean, clutch boy, Luke just showing up in the big bright light moment, throwing it down. I, I like Cornette. I think he does a lot of solid things. He's imperfect, obviously as a third string big guy, but he's a pretty decent rim protector. He's smart. He does a decent job on the glass, and he has a pretty good touch around the rim. It's good lob threat, good on putbacks. Kata, you can't really say the same for. He does a great job on the glass, but when he gets the offensive rebound, it doesn't feel like he has the touch to capitalize on it all the time. Cornette's somebody that doesn't need the ball a lot, neither does Kata, but he can really just kind of roam in the dunker spot and be ready when it's his turn to dunk, and that's really all you need, or, or do a little float shot. Like He has really good touch around the rim. Like I trust Cornette with the ball inside. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, he's been good. He's been low key been on a little bit of a heater lately. Like he had a, a nice night against the Timberwolves. I don't know if he played against Milwaukee. Uh, he played a little bit, but not really. Uh, but he played well against the Timberwolves. He played all right in the indie in the indie games. You know, 
getting some rebounds. Like he's been impacting the game uh, at a pretty like mo- more than you'd expect level over the last uh, making free throws, real games. Ice um, in his veins. He is making free throws. To his credit, well, he's been really good in the the Indiana arena. It's not Banker's Life Fieldhouse anymore. I don't know what it's called. But in all three of those away games, I feel like Cornette played really well. In the in-season tournament game, it was him and Sam Hauser in the first half that really carried them. The second game, he had a really impactful game too, and he just seems comfortable playing in there. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's a matchup thing. I don't know if it's a, hey, like I like this building. Even though nobody can shoot free throws here, I feel comfortable playing in this gym thing. But I'm happy to see him be able to be confident against a team like the Pacers who don't have a ton of defensive presence inside and it makes for a great opportunity for him to actually be effective on that end of the ball. I agree. Good for Cornette. Uh, but anyways, we were talking about Banton and Kata, but it's good for them to get the reps uh, up in Maine with the G League. Next thing we got is Drew Holiday talking about his reunion in Milwaukee. They gave him a really cool tribute video when he was up there. So good for him. Um, he said, however, we're a good team. Uh, Holiday told NBC Sports Boston. Uh, we've beaten them before. I'm very confident that we have a good chance to beat them again. This was after the blowout, obviously. So I think to be able to go back to Milwaukee should be fun. Again, uh, this was before the blowout. Sorry. A place where I was there for three years. We did great things, but I'm on to better things, which is just an all time mm-hmm. statement. And then he said, I just appreciate what the Bucks have done for me and my family. Everything that we've been through the city of Milwaukee, it means to me and my family. It was cool to come back. Cool to have the video. I'm glad it's over. So mm. he was very appreciative of Milwaukee, very appreciative of the Bucks, as you would be. You won a championship there. You were there for X amount of years. You did a lot in the community, that stuff. But he's he made it very clear that I am happy where I am. <laughs> like, I am happy that I, I'm with the Celtics. I'm good where I am, uh, which I thought was just cool to hear from Drew. Yeah, I think any time a player gets to go back to their old team, it's a big deal. Whether they play it up or not, it is. They do the tribute video. They definitely have some sort of feeling towards the way they exited, whether they feel like the fans are mad at them for no reason or they feel like they got screwed via trade. Uh, Holiday hasn't really voiced his opinion, but it's clear that he does feel some sort of way because he uh, doesn't make shots when he plays Milwaukee. He's definitely like pressing a little bit too hard. We haven't seen him shoot particularly well in either of those games. The first one, it took him till the fourth quarter to get his first basket. Obviously, on Thursday, he didn't play that well, as did uh, nobody. Nobody played well on Thursday. But for him to act like it's not a big deal is just the PR, the move he's supposed to make. But deep down, you know he has some sort of chip, at least a little bit, because he's playing like it, but like not in the good way, to where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's trying really hard. Nice. Yeah, yeah, good, good for Drew. Um, it, it was a good reunion, cool video, but uh, he's shit good. game. Yeah, bad game, bad game is correct. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, anyways, let's let's move on to the email. Let's check and see what we got. Now, I'm going to kick off the email by saying, uh, hand up my bad. Now, we don't check the email before we record these pods. We've made that clear. We, we don't do it. We have about four emails from one person asking to enter what's popping. And I, I, I just didn't see it before we did the wheel. Like four Should emails from this person. And so I'm, the, the we're just giveaway? going to, 
Yeah, well, Tibbs can still give it away, but we're, I'm just going to let Lambert, Brian Lambert, uh, you also win popcorn. I'll put it that way. So if you're listening at this point, I'll email you beforehand. You also win popcorn because I feel bad, and I'll show you exactly what I mean. Um, uh, this is the only time we're going to do this. We're, we're still going to do the wheel, but look, there was there was more below that I've already gotten rid of, but what's popping? I didn't include my name. I enjoy your pod. I'd like to enter the popcorn. I want to be in the popcorn. He made it so clear, and I feel really yeah. bad. So Brian Lambert, if you're watching this, I'm gonna I'm gonna email you before this goes out, anyways. But you got popcorn, idiot. Our bad. Uh, well, <laughs> you can also access the email. So idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, you're good. Our bad about the wheel uh, and Tibbs. You can still give your popcorn away too. But anyways, first email from Gerald Colston. Uh, this is three days ago after the Bucks loss says, what's popping? Any concerns? What's up, boys? We're almost halfway through the season. Although they're playing great, have a few concerns. The concerns begin with the bench. Really seems Joe only trusts Pritchard in my eyes. I know you have Horseford, Brissett, and Hauser. All brings different things to the table. I'm not in the category of fans hoping for a splash that's not coming. However, which one of these guys do you think is most crucial for the season's success? The options are Pritchard, Hauser, Brissett, not including Big Al, obviously. Uh, thank you, boys. Um... I don't think I'm too worried about the bench. I don't think that was the reason the Celtics lost the Bucks game. I know that's not what you're saying, but I think most crucial is probably Hauser uh, to the success. And I don't know if he only trusts Pritchard. I feel like he trusts all of them pretty well. Uh, probably Hauser Pritchard more than Brissett, just because Brissett is just earning his way into the rotation. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think Hauser's probably the most important because you've already got two high-level guards. You really just need floor spacing around those guys in the Jays, and I think Hauser gives you the best of that when he's on. To but. me, it's Hauser. Hauser is such yeah. a crucial part of uh, keeping the defense honest with the spacing, obviously. And we've seen how difficult it can be for the team when he's not making them. The last three or four weeks have not been great Hauser weeks. He's been a little bit cold, and you've seen – a lot more offensive lulls because of it. Even in the Pacers games, like they struggled at times. He wasn't able to make threes. The Timberwolves game, he started 0-2, then made a couple big ones in the second half, and you could see the dynamic change just because he was able to make the shots. Him, when he's confident, is such a crucial part of Boston's offense because he's so reliable and so deadly that defenses have no choice but to guard him. And when they go in, you really are screwed if you're the defense. It makes things easier for Tatum, makes things easier for Brown. Their decision-making process gets less clouded because they know it's going to drop. He's not on a cold streak. Even if they trust him, there is always the element, oh, he's cold right now. Should I really make the pass? Then the hesitation will set in. It happens. I also think Pritchard's important. I think Pritchard has a very similar role to Hauser. I think he has the ability to impact the game without scoring two, which we've seen a lot this year, which is great. Because we weren't sure about that last year when he was just sitting on the bench, wanted to trade. Then they extend him coming into the year. Everyone's like, oh, wait a minute. He's going to have some opportunity now that they traded two guards away. And he's made the most of it for the most part. He hasn't been super consistent. He's had his lapses. But overall, you really can't be too, too mad with what you've gotten from him. Brissett, Brissett is going to be the found money guy. I love him. He needs to be able to be out there consistently. And he needs to make threes, at least at a little bit of a higher clip. He's got work to do. But he definitely has the tools to be a key rotation piece on a good team. Plays hard, rebounds, he's tough. And if he could make shots consistently and keep the defense on like the other two, he would be just as important, if not more. But that's a yeah. big ask. Yeah, the threes aren't going to come. I'm telling you that. He can still be in the rotation without the threes, but it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, there can be stretches, but 
over the course of his career. I don't know. Uh, I'm going with Hauser though. And I think for what it's worth, he's also been pretty good on defense this year um, overall. So next email we got from PBA bowler 2014. What's popping. Uh, we got to put him in, in the thing next time too. We, we gotta, I, we gotta check the email. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll put that on here. So we remember for next time, but uh, PBA bowler says, I just want to say, Hey guys, it's been a while, but I'm back. Uh, listening to you all again on the Spotify pods at work every day. You nice. can always use some popcorn while watching the Celtics here out here in Oregon. And in case you didn't know, this is Dennis Celtics for Don. Uh, keep it popping, guys. You'll be in the next one, Dennis. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in and sending us an email. Uh, thanks for listening on Spotify. Make sure to follow. Oh, <laughs> Leave yeah. us five stars. Thanks, Dennis. What's popping from RJ? The epitome of an NAD game. Uh, evening gentlemen, that was a fun game. Okay, the last nine minutes and nine seconds were enjoyable in a heart-stopping way. Went back to watch uh, the game. This is about the Wolves game. Okay. Went back to watch the game from when the Wolves were up 104-95 to see what defensive magic or offensive genius the Celtics pulled out to swing the game. Defense styled in, getting rebounds and forcing turnovers. Everyone played with purpose, and Jason Tatum scored 20 of the last 32 points because that's what great players do. Best of all, from closing time Tatum, he sought to attack rather than dribble out high. Every game, the Celtics unlocked another piece of the championship puzzle. Doing so uh, tonight got them the franchise record for most home wins to start the season. Oh, I almost forgot. An NAD game is never any doubt. The team believes in itself, and that alone is fun to watch. Results are breathtaking. Be well, RJ. Timberwolves game, regardless of how the Bucks game went, is still the best game of the season. In my oh, opinion. ruled. It was awesome. And to his point about Tatum, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were like, I don't know if I'm really sold on Tatum. Like, not to the point where, like, it's not the stuff I say. It's just, like, more from a casual fan perspective. They're like, oh, I don't know if he's got, like, the killer instinct or whatever. Well, I was like, well, like, I can see that sometimes, anytime it really matters, he turns up. Like, the playoffs, Tatum is always there. He's reliable. Even in that game six in Philly where he was ass, he was still reliable. When the year turns, he always turns up. You see the guy that you're like, oh, yep, that's him. That's the one that everybody thinks is the 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 franchise guy, and there's a reason for that. I mean, that Timberwolves game was a prime example of peak Tatum. You could mm -hmm. trust him. You knew when the ball was in his hands you were going to get a good look. He was making smart decisions not only with his shot selection but also with moving the ball. The Holiday 3, one of the biggest shots of the game, came from him passing out of a triple team, which you don't always see in the clutch moments. And then from just a pure scoring standpoint, you knew he was getting a bucket. He made an emphasis mm. to get to the rim, force the issue. And he got so hot from three that he had guys jumping. The, the towns jump into him on the baseline towards the end of regulation was a big play. I was very proud of him. I thought he stepped up when they needed him the most. And I'm hoping to see more and more of it as we go on. The Thursday game is just going to get a pass. It's just one of those days. I don't really care for the whole, like, why are they playing back-to-backs thing? Because that's a thing. Like, I'm seeing people be like, I don't know why they're playing back-to-backs. Like, they always play back-to-backs. They back -to -backs play back-to-backs forever. I, the argument is Five not... Five games and seven nights is a lot. The argument is not, in my opinion, they're playing back-to-backs. The argument is a more broad league thing. Like, you can't put these huge games, not even for the sake of the teams, but for the sake of the, 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 um, the viewer. Like, you're putting these huge games on national TV where one team is on two days of rest and the other is coming off a of back-to-back, like going from home to away. Like, what do you expect to happen in some of these games? Well, like, hello? Game, Timberwolves are on a back-to-back -back and then their flight didn't even get until the same day and you might have got game of the year. There's a million blowouts going on and I think you're seeing a lot of the, the travel and the exhaustion and I don't know. I just, there's got to be a better way. But anyways, um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? 
yeah, good Timberwolves game. Very fun. I was also say about the clutch thing. Um, Tatum, a lot of the arguments always stem to he didn't play well in that finals. And correct, he didn't play well in the finals. I will also say that Tatum and this Tatum are far different players. Very different. Grown a lot since then. Does a lot more stuff. In that finals, it was like he's almost primarily the score. He was just like like that season was, wow, Tatum's really kind of learning to pass. And now it's Tatum's a really good passer. So it's like it's been a lot of growth since that finals. And so I, I think you'll see that uh, moving forward. But uh, next email from Andrew Lodge. What's popping? Uh, hey, guys, first time, long time. As tough of a watch as this game versus the Bucks was, liked a lot of the Celtics looks on offense in the first half. But obviously, shots just weren't falling. Shorts defense aside, this is not a game that bothers me nearly as much as a loss like we had against the Warriors last, mo- last month. Uh, where the starting five fell apart late in the game and all of our demons came to light. It's also great to see some of the bench get their run against Milwaukee starters. I also hate the Nassus as much as I love uh, Svi Mikhailu. Love the pod. Drew, Svi Mikhailu's number one supporter. Uh, I didn't Thanks, shout you. out. Shout out, Drew, and shout out Svi. Yes. Well, we did the uh, little video recap about the Bucks game, and we went through and watched a lot of the misses in the first half. Yeah. And the big difference between the two sides is it felt like every shot Boston got, whether it was a good look or not, was a difficult, they had to work for it look. And that was mm-hmm. really what ended up being the difference in the game. Milwaukee was able to create open threes. The Celtics just weren't able to do that for whatever reason. Say tired legs, Milwaukee played good defense. They certainly looked locked in, and the Celtics just kind of played into it. What are you going to do? It's just, it's just one of those days. Just kind of like Andrew says. You're, you're more liable to be angry about the Warriors game than this one because that one, there were legitimate flaws. You could be like, this thing is bad, and if they do it in the playoffs, I'm going to rip my hair out. I mean, yeah, get outscored by 37 points in the first half in the playoffs, I'll also rip my hair out. But there were a lot of things that went into that. It was everything yeah. that went wrong went wrong for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Last email from RJ. Nothing popping tonight. Well, let's start with the bright spots first. <laughs> I was fun the, watching the headline uh, to this, and I laughed so hard when he sent it. It came up on my phone. It was fun watching the game with y'all on HBTC playback yes. and then chatting with y'all on first the floor playback. Shout out both of them. Celtics blog playback as well. Uh, and, um, oh, yeah, the C's won the fourth quarter. Props to Bridget and Hauser for being our two leading scorers. The two of you really are the Siskel and Elbert of podcasting. Ebert. I don't know. Am I, should I, I don't know if it is. Uh, well, I'm waiting to see Coach Missoula's press conference. I will say that the Celtics played like they were uh, – that the Celtics played like they were all-stars, specifically the all-stars in Space Jam after their abilities had been siphoned off. They seemed to be trying, but nothing was clicking. Listening to Coach Mazzulla's press conference, it sounds like he is the exact opposite of Pat's fans on Celtics Twitter. It was a loss. The starters tried. It didn't work. They move on. I was impressed that he gave a shout-out to the bench guys for winning the fourth quarter. This one was a stinker. Uh, if this was getting reviewed by the Gene and Roger, uh, tonight's game was definitely two thumbs down. Uh, but it was one game in the season, still first in the East and first in the NBA. Let's roll on. Be well, RJ. Yeah, I mean... That was a pretty common sentiment after the game. It sucked. What are you going to do? Like that? That's all there has been to say about it. That's all there is to say about it. Uh, and hopefully last night they bounced back at least well uh, against the Rockets. So we'll see. But we don't know right now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happened. Hopefully we're happy. Hopefully the Garden's still a fortress. This yes. would be a way to lose it, wouldn't it? may <laughs> Brutal. But uh, let's move on to the NBA section. Let's see what's happening around the league. Check in with the NBA standing. See who's winning. See who's losing uh, and see uh, who's moving where in the standings. Let me share screen with y'all real quick. Uh, top of the East, Celtics obviously lost their last game and the Bucs won because, well, they played each other. However, Celtics are still three games ahead of the Bucs, have that cushion. Uh, Sixers are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games. Not great, but they did beat the Kings last night without Joel Embiid, so shout out to them for that. 
Pacers and Cavs are hot three in a row and four in a row, respectively. Pacers doing it without Tyrese Halliburton, which is very impressive. Uh, they've won both of their games since Halliburton went down against the Celtics, including a big one against the Hawks last night, who don't play much defense. Um, Knicks lost Heat one and then passed the Heat at seven. Everybody from eight through 15 in the e- in the East has lost at least their last game, <laughs> which is insanity. Pistons, Pistons approaching that back. seven mark. They're approaching that seven mark, the, Sam. Um, the inbound of Killian Hayes to Isaiah Stewart, who ran out of bounds to throw it back to yes, Killian I Hayes. Did. Yes, I did. It was that a was... tough showing for our Pistons. Our Pistons, <laughs> by the way, who lost uh, at the buzzer to Emay's Rockets, who are in town tonight. And Jaden Ivey's shot went halfway down to win the game and rimmed out. It was brutal. I got to tell funny. you, I wish that play sequence happened when they were on the losing streak trying to break it at home. Like, I wish it was like game 29 <laughs> and the shot went all the way down and came out for them to lose. That would have been hilarious. That would have been like chef's kiss. Perfect script by the NBA. It is kind of funny. You do feel bad, but... um. Let's see. Uh, Pistons seven in a row. Pacers, however, nine and one in their last ten games. That is kind of crazy. They're one hot. Celtics. Yep, they are hot right now. Out west, a lot of wins at the top of the West. Timberwolves and Nuggets have won their last one. Thunder Clippers won their last three. Those guys have sort of separated themselves from the rest of the Western Conference. Clippers in four have a two-game lead over the Kings in five. Kings lost their last game. That said, Timberwolves are five and five in the last ten. Uh, Mavs, Pelicans, and Suns, all and Kings, all six and four in their last ten. They're playing all right. Rockets struggling as they head into Boston. I guess last night, technically, as you guys are listening to this, but they're four and six in their last ten at that point. Jazz still hot, four in a row, eight and two uh, for Utah. They just they can't lose right now. Lakers won their last one, but they're still struggling. Then everybody at the bottom of the West, uh, including the Grizzlies, who Desmond Bain just hurt his ankle last night. So they literally just cannot catch a break. Um, are uh, five and five, does that say, in their last 10? Yeah, struggling. Not great. Tank needs to be on all the way. Helmets on, boys. Get in. If these if these injuries keep happening, then maybe. But, like, they just they can't catch a break, man. It's brutal for Memphis. Got to lean into it. You're just going to be like, listen, <laughs> we'll, like, lick our wounds, go into the lottery, hope for the best, and we'll try again next year. That's really all they can do. Hmm. You've seen it work for teams in the past. Like, when the Spurs got Tim Duncan, it was like a David Robertson got hurt, and they, they come in the draft, get the number one picked, jump the Celtics who were shooing that I think that was like their worst record of all time, the Celtics and the Duncan draft. And they didn't get it. Um, and then they, they got their next generational talent from one bad yeah. season and had years but, and years of success. That's not, this is not a draft with that. Yeah. And also it's not a draft where the Grizzlies have any semblance of hope at anywhere close to the number one pick. Unfortunately, there's a lottery. Yes, but they, fine. The number one pick odds, they have nowhere. Like they're not going to get anywhere close to the number one pick Correct. odds. They're not. Um, <laughs> Nice to see our Utah Jazz eclipsing the Lakers. Uh, it does hurt my heart, like, on a weekend to have to see the Lakers doing so poorly. Like, Darvin Ham really cares about his guys. LeBron, great teammate. I can't believe those guys aren't rallying behind him. I'm sure they're going to get some trades done. The front office is great. They're really, really uh, in- inept at getting other teams to give them free guys. So I'm sure they'll get some help from Adam Silver and the rest of the league. I see. Yeah. Yeah, uh, interesting to see what happens. It is trade season. We'll get into plenty of trade rumors in a little bit. But before we get into that, uh, big win for Sam. Lamella yes, Ball's LaFrance tattoo is now allowed again by the NBA. Uh, Woe is reporting 
last night as we're recording this said ESPN sources as the mellow ball returns from a six week absence tonight, NBA will not find him for failing to cover up a tattoo below his left ear that the league had previously deemed to be a violation of rules against commercial visible logos. It is an LF tattoo that stands for his brand La France, which is his middle name. I will say though, maybe he should cover it back up because the Hornets got blown out by the Spurs. It's not okay. a great it's his start. first game back. You know, sometimes you have to get your legs back underneath you. You're not always going to be the best you can be your first time back out. And you you're gonna lose. They were on the road. It's not like they you, had the home the home crowd at the uh, Spectrum Center. Back can't them. lose. You can't lose by thirty six to the Spurs. You, it that's happens. <laughs> happened to the Pistons too. Like it happens to good teams. That is no, absolutely not. That that is a testament to just how horrendous the Pistons and the Hornets are. Like that is an they're embarrassingly bad. I do have uh, the Spurs that are embarrassingly bad team. I have the LaFrance shorts though. That's cool. Yeah, they say my Good name quality? on the front, right across the dick. Yep. I've never understood that design on shorts. Like they, I don't they like love it. the design where it goes across the front. I don't care for it. I mean, I yeah, like I the like ones it. I have, but I'm not going on it. If it didn't say my name, I wouldn't have them. Yeah, that's a bit odd. I, I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really like that. But, but you know anyway. what I'm talking about? Like all like, yeah, no, I know. Brands. I do. I do. Yeah. I do. I do know exactly what you're talking about. It's weird. I'm not a fan either. <clears throat> Anyways, um, will the Hornets ever be good? Ever. <laughs> Literally doesn't ever doesn't look good for them. But uh, anyways, you spoke with the Lakers briefly a second ago. Apparently, according to Chris Haynes, of Bleach Report, the Lakers are committed to Darvin Ham. So he wrote a piece for Bleach Report and he said, having no lost 11 before Chris Haynes, he was first having lost 11 of their past 16 contests on the heels of an 18 point loss at home to the Phoenix Suns on Thursday night. The Lakers remain committed to head coach Darvin Ham. League sources told Bleach Report. Uh, and these are quotes from Ham. Uh, I speak to Rob every day, and we're discussing ways to improve our team and what we can do to be better as a coaching staff. Uh, it's an open dialogue that I embrace and that is helpful, and we're all trying to get this right, and we will. Uh, quote, I had like 50 texts when I checked my phone that day. Uh, this is what, – what day is he talking about here? Hold up. Um, Lakers committed – <clears throat> he is talking about sorry i just have to find the context again ham understands the pressure that exists when coaching lebron and the lakers when a report from the athletic surface suggesting there was a disconnect between ham and the lakers it naturally fueled speculation that he could be in the hot seat quote from ham i had like 50 texts when i checked my phone that day i'm not on social media so i don't know what people are saying but i'm getting text messages saying hang in there are you okay it's gonna be okay i'm here for you I thought somebody died. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. Then someone sent me a story with unnamed sources, and I was like, this shit, everything's going to be fine. We've got a good team. We just got more work to do. Uh, and that is kind of funny. Like, I can just imagine him, like, having no idea that an article's out there, like, him not seeing anything, and everyone's like, are you okay? And he's like, what the fuck is going on? When's the funeral, man? <laughs> Honestly, if you're, like, coaching a LeBron team, you just have to know this is the risk. You're, you're mm -hmm. going to be the scapegoat at some point. It's never him. It's never the team. It's never the all the the moves that he has strong armed the front office to make. It's the coach. It has to be Darvin Ham's fault because these guys aren't playing well. Um, do I think Ham should be on the hot seat? I don't really know. I, I don't watch the Lakers enough. I just don't think their roster is very good. If if I had to give you a honest review, I I don't think I didn't think their offseason was anything special. They got a bunch of guys that were not sought after by very many teams for a reason everybody was saying the lakers are back and here we are halfway through the season they're under 500 big shock massive shock every year the lakers are back and then this time of year it's lebron needs help yeah well uh i will say 
so I don't really know either if if Darvin Ham is a problem. I, I think there are some rotational things that are like questionable. Like just start Austin Reeves. Like as as much as he may struggle, he is probably your best source of perimeter offense. So give him that chance. Uh, but I do I do dislike the blame the coach discourse. But anyways. Uh, it is trade season, so we're going to get into some big trade rumors, the biggest of which uh, is what I have labeled the DeJounte Murray trade rumor roundup because there are lots of rumors regarding DeJounte Murray. He is reportedly very available, um, as we have reported in the past. Uh, Woj has reported that DeJounte Murray is the player that they're engaged around the league with, uh, This they being the Lakers. They have talked to the Lakers. They've exchanged an idea on a potential trade, so the Lakers are interested. Friend of the pod, Jake Fisher said that the Bulls have, quote, inquired about uh, DeJounte Murray about a potential, you know, return for Zach Levine. Uh, those talk never gained much traction with the Hawks, however, Fisher said. Fisher also listed five teams, the Lakers, Knicks, Sixers, Heat, and Pistons, uh, expected to discuss DeJounte Murray trade with the Hawks. Brooklyn has also been another potential destination. Zach Lowe on his podcast said that the Spurs have poked around about a potential Murray trade. I think Mark Stein had something on that, too. Uh, and then Jake Fisher said everybody in the Hawks outside of Trey Young and Jalen Johnson is available. So in total, we've got Lakers showing an interest, uh, Knicks, Sixers, Heat, Pistons, kind of the Nets and the Spurs kind of showing an interest in DeJounte Murray. He's kind of the hottest name on the trade block this year, and it feels like a deal is probably going to happen. So interesting. Yeah, I don't think any of us would have been like, it's going to be DeJounte Murray. He's the guy that's going to be moved. I think it was all of us being like Zach Levine. It's him. Siakam, it's him. Murray's name has just started to get hot over the last month. Probably means this is all real. Probably means that something is going to happen. I don't know which of these spots is my favorite for him. I think the Bulls is interesting. I do think the Spurs is interesting. It was one I kind of mentioned to you. It's like, what if they just went and got him to play, pair with Wemby going forward? Not like the worst idea. And go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. become the new scapegoat. Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Philly be a weird uh, one, yeah. I think. I don't like Philly for them. I like Nets, even though they haven't shown a ton of interest. I like the Heat probably the most, unfortunately, though. I, the Heat makes the most sense to me. Them or the Lakers. Zach Lowe pitched an idea, or excuse me, or rather had an idea pitched to him that he then said on his show, not like a source thing, but he, he brought up the idea of uh, DeJounte Murray and Bogdanovich for Austin Reeves and, and the picks and their pieces there. Um the Hawks get like a little bit of a reset and split up the salaries and get a maybe slightly better like fit in Austin Reeves, even though I don't really know how that would be the case. Like he doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands as much. But he's good um, in the pick and roll but... as the ball handler. So like it would, yeah, I but... feel like he would get a little bit limited in that sense. I don't think he would get that opportunity with Atlanta as much. Yeah, but he's also, I mean, it's, it's a similar thing in LA with LeBron. Like LeBron has the ball in his hands too. So I don't know, <clears throat> but yeah, that that's what's going on with the Jante Murray. A lot of teams interested I like the Heat for him, even though I wouldn't like that for the Celtics. Uh, the Heat probably seemed like the best fit for him uh, as, a, as a destination, I should say. So, uh, speaking of, however, the Nets, another team interested in Jonathan Murray, they want a lot of stuff uh, for Dorian Finney-Smith. They want a good trade package in return. It has been reported by Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. Uh, talking about Dorian Finney-Smith, quote, he's a guy who could literally fit on every team, but uh, on a championship contender or high-caliber playoff team, he'd be great. They want the equivalent of two first-round picks for him, I'm told. Dorian Finney-Smith, very good player, a guy that Celtics fans uh, had been, you know, wanting uh, in that 
Evan Fournier trade exception. Finney Smith's been having a good season for the Nets this year. Wanting the equivalent of two first-round picks is a bit weird um, wording. He's averaging 9.6 points, 4.7 rebounds, 1.3 assists on 43-41 shooting. Uh, most of his shots, however, are threes, so it does make sense. Um, although he's only shooting, uh, what is this, from two-point range? 47% from two, so not great, but... Um, it does make sense why contenders would want him. He's a good defender, great three-point shooter. Uh, wanting the equivalent of two first-round picks is probably like an okay younger player and a first-round pick or a first-round pick in uh, multiple seconds. So, like, <clears throat> I think that's a fair price to pay for a guy like Dorian Finney- Finney-Smith, especially considering he's on a pretty good contract moving forward. Like, the the, the Mavs extended him before they traded him uh, very recently. He makes 13.9 mil this year, 14.9 the next year, and then a player option for 15-3 the year after. So he's under contract for at least this year next. He's a good player. Good. Good for the Nets wanting that value. Yeah. I mean, not a Celtics guy, obviously, yeah. with the, the money he makes, but had they kept Grant, he could have been a Celtics guy. Wouldn't have been the craziest thing in the world, and it would have been a decent fit. Bigger wing, can shoot the ball, would have fit nice off the bench. Too bad that they didn't do that. As of other landing spots, does anywhere like really, really excite you? Philly? Um, they have Philly. Does Philly have money? Yes, Miami? they have the they have the James Harden assets you always forget about. <laughs> I do. PJ, no, no, not PJ Tucker. I do forget Marcus about Marcus Morris. Guys, yeah, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum and they, Robert Covington. They don't have, picks, they don't have picks. <clears throat> no. Um, you know the landing spot for every player who can shoot and space the floor is. You know the Lakers. answer. It is the Lakers. Um, Lakers are getting everybody. It is, it is of that, January, February. Outside of that, play, teams that can make a swing, like the Thunder would make sense if they wanted to throw away like one of their oh, yeah. like one of their first a couple seconds, get another piece that can help them. Uh, the Clippers make some sense. They can make something happen with PJ Tucker's contract. Um, so there's well, that, that would make sense too. That'd be a good. Mm-hmm. That would be a good get for the Clippers. Yeah, he'd be big. They're playing really well lately too. I was listening to Zach Lowe talk about them and and. You know, he's very high on them. Yeah, uh, or one of those stupid like analytics sites says Celtics Clippers finals. Yeah. Saw that today. Yeah. Uh, I don't hate the Knicks for him either. Get another guy like forward in there who can shoot Doesn't the ball. Doesn't have to move far. Uh, no, he would not. Wouldn't have to move at all. And then the Pacers. Pacers make sense. I, I mean, if you can't get OG or Siakam, might as well just get another role player who can do what they do uh, at a smaller level. So, yeah, Fiddy Smith's a good player. Um, everyone. On the Warriors, except for Stephen Curry is available. Uh, this is per let's double check. Shams Shams uh, went on FanDuel's Run It Back TV, the show he does, whatever. Uh, everyone but Curry is on the table. He also said that you know uh, reflects the front office's willingness to weigh all of the options rather than a strong desire to do something seismic. So it doesn't mean they're going to trade everybody, but it does mean like they're willing to shake it up. Got to see. Cur- mm-hmm. Curry's pissed. He said to reporters, we have a standard that's pretty evident. Uh, If things stay the same, that's the definition of insanity, right? Keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And then also in tandem with this, Mark J. Spears Manscape reported that Wiggins, I was told by a GM, there's not a value for him right now. So not great for them in that sense, but he is salary. But it sounds like the Warriors are getting antsy and Curry is as well. So they should be. Yeah, Warriors are antsy. They made a move this summer. They made some changes, got rid of Jordan Poole. Uh, whether you think it's a good move or not, they picked Draymond over Jordan Poole. And I think Jordan Poole is somebody that is a pain in the ass. I think we've seen a lot of bad things from him in Washington this year. But at the same time, if you're the Warriors, maybe you would have liked that 
in hindsight with like longevity stuff, Draymond's been suspended, hasn't even been playing. Mm. Uh, Chris Paul's under contract for three seasons. Chris Paul's hurt, which is a guy that really never made sense to play there. But but he, he was playing well for them though. So Clay is somebody who looks like he's had two major injuries, and he's older. And Curry's the only one that looks like himself. So mm-hmm. well, maybe Kevin Looney, who's actually very solid. But going forward, if you're the Warriors, you got to figure something out. Curry mm-hmm. is still very capable of being a top guy. If you can get players around him to make that team competitive, you have to do it. It's it would be great for his Warriors legacy and his longevity with the franchise. Also, randomly jumped into my head. I think Adam told us in the Celtics blog chat that uh, Jake Fisher had hinted Nick Richards for the Celtics. Don't know. Mm. Don't know why I thought of that. Yeah, that is random. Well, what can I say? I know ball. I've said that a million yes, times. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, the Warriors are weird, man. It, it sucks uh, that Curry's pissed like this. It's it's kind of entertaining, but it's like, like you said, it, it'd be good for his career. Uh, Wiggins, not a good season so far. You want Draymond back, obviously. It's just such an awkward year for them, man. Like they, they tried to do the young thing. It didn't really work, but they, they have okay young pieces. Uh, injuries, they have got hit with some some tough injuries, but for sure. Uh, we're, ta- we're talking about this like two nights ago, as you guys are listening. They picked up a big win over the Bulls, who are actually playing really well. So it's like actually a, a good win. They were down by a lot in the first half, and then they came back and won. Clay had a huge night, uh, as did Steph. So, like, it's just, it's weird. Um, not consistent I wrote- enough. No, I wrote a mock trade for the Bulls that included the Warriors um, for Levine. Your masterpiece. Yeah, my masterpiece. I was happy. The Bulls would get Wiggins and Herter and a 2026 first-round pick from the Warriors. The Kings get Levine. The Warriors get Harrison Barnes, Alex Caruso. I think it works for everybody. I think all teams would be happy with it. I, wrote I love it, so that. I, I love that. Because you guys don't know this, but Jack was working really hard to find a trade that worked between all those teams, and it took yeah. him forever. But he got one. Did, did it, does it work, though? Am I wrong? No, it's not crazy. It's not crazy it's at deal. all. I think yeah. it makes all teams better. Oh, I think it makes every team involved better. But anyways, um, the last NBA thing we got before we move on to the rat list, uh, the Heat reportedly want Donovan Mitchell because uh, no shit. Everybody. The Heat, we want everything. Um, this is coming from Mark Stein of the sideline. According to NBA insider Mark Stein, sources said the Miami Heat, quote, continue to have bona fide interest in Mitchell despite Cleveland's don't even call us approach and could choose uh, to test that resolve with Mitchell proposals after Miami's trade pursuits of Beal and Lillard over the summer ended with neither of them landing in South Beach. So do you think like <sighs> Miami regrets not getting either of those guys? Seriously, do you think like they're looking at this season and being like, damn, no, I wish I don't we had Brad so. Beal. Damn, I wish we had Dame Lillard. Like, I don't maybe, think so. Maybe Dame, because I do think they would probably be a little bit better with Dame. But no, not really. I don't. Yeah, I like, okay. Dame is not a good defender. Brad Beal is not even played. The pieces that they would have had to give up for either guy have all panned out to be really <clears throat> decent this season. Jaime Hawkins being the headliner of that. I He's think had a great rookie year, and he would have think. Gone. I think if they could have gotten, I don't think he definitely would have been gone. I think if they could have gotten it done without Jaime Hawkes, uh, the Dame trade, then I think it would have been worth it. Other than that, maybe not. Because I, I do think there is something to the effect of the Heat's defensive system is probably better than the Bucks. So I think Dame probably would have been a little bit, not that he individually would have been a better defender, but I think the Heat's defense would looked 
would look better than with Dame than the Bucks looks with Dame, if that makes sense. So I think they would be able to I, I can see where you're more. coming from, but also yeah. like the Heat not having to give anything up in trades is why neither of these guys are on the Heat because they didn't want to give up anything. Yeah, partially, but <laughs> I think if they, I think if they, well, I think if they have given up like Jovich and Highsmith and those guys instead of Hawkes, which was like an option at the time, or even Caleb Martin, like I think they'd be okay. But at this point, again, it doesn't matter. So it is what it is. Uh, it's also like huge for them that Duncan Robinson has been um, so good, and he definitely would have had to been in those deals. So that is also something to note. So, but I, I think at, their ceiling probably would have been higher with Dame still, uh, regardless. But I, I don't think they're like unhappy with that it didn't happen because they're playing. I well, think so they're absolutely fine with what they got. Like, take Jimmy out of it going forward, right? Because like he's not going to be good forever. You're going to have a group of Bam, Tyler Hero, and Jaime Hawkes to build around. Like, that's not bad. No. <clears throat> not bad at all. I feel like Jaime is older than people realize, though. Like, he's not 19. But he that's not saying he's, he's like not going to be great moving right? forward. He's turning 23 very soon, yeah. Yeah, like, he's still, like, a good player, though. Regardless. No, no, no. Th- th- that wasn't a shot at Jaime. That was just, like, I feel like a lot of people think he's 19. But, I mean, him, Hero, and Bam are going to be very good for a while, yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Anyways. Uh, let's move to the rat list here. Would you like to kick, kick it off, Sam? You got more than me, so you go ahead, buddy. All right. So, uh, let me change the background first before I have to scroll down. Rat list. <clears throat> you to start with uh, Mike, my friend Mike. So last night, me and Henry went to a golf simulator. <clears throat> excuse me, with my friends Mike and Graham, uh, who I play golf with over the summer. Um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, you can use your imagination, but a golf sim is just a big screen in front of you with a projector and you hit a ball into the screen. It's what Jersey That's Jerry, Jersey Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hit it and, and you play a course. We played PGA national. <laughs> um, and we played and Henry and I got hot to start. Um, we went three under through the first four holes. We played a scramble. So it was me and Henry versus Mike and Graham. <clears throat> and we got hot. We were up by five strokes. And by the time the last hole came around, they had caught all the way up. Cause Henry and I like played like meh in the second half and they played well. And we're down one going into the last hole. It's a par five. And Mike chips in from the sand. So we have no chance to win. <laughs> Big boy make for Mike. He was he was on fire the whole back nine. Shout out to him, but Ratless for just fucking crushing our He locked the fuck in. A He's a big game player. <clears throat> We just didn't even have a chance. All I wanted was a chance, and he just crushed our dreams. You got so body bagged by Mike. Celtics need him. Fuck Mike. Shut- <laughs> Ratless Mike, uh, my future Sorry, roommate, Mike. for fucking sandbagging us through the first half. But anyways, I'll let- yeah, Ratless Mike. Uh, Ratless, my buddy Ray. So this is a long story. There are multiple of my friends involved, so bear with me. So essentially for the last like month, month and a half, my friend Ray downloaded this like fake phone number app onto his phone. And my other friend, Joe, thought he made a new friend out like at the club one day for like the last month and a half. (laughs) He texted him pretending to be this person and like would like obviously know my other friend Joe's interests. Like he'd be like, Oh, like, did you see like that college basketball game? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, dude, it was sick. Oh, like I've been going to the gym. Like, do you go to the gym? Yeah. I love going to the gym. Like I, it gets me going every day. Like, what do you do? And they would like have like meaningful conversations. So anyways, I went to new year's Eve at Ray's, And it was then that I found out that this person was not real. 
It was a catfish, and albeit hilarious, very funny. <laughs> and today was the day that the secret was revealed. Oh, Joe found out. Found out during this show, and there was it was not as uh, cinematic as we had all hoped. There was no fit of rage. There was no "you guys are the worst." There was no "you guys, I hate you." It was just a laugh my ass off in the group chat. <laughs> but it was a very long, drawn out thing where it was made obvious, and my friend did not catch on. Not at all. It's very like funny. the things that he would bring up at the times he would bring them up were so obvious, and it was. I mean, if you're if you're in the spot, it's tough. You you have a vision in your head, probably like have an idea of what this person looks like. And this is not like being catfished like in a romantic sense. It's like he literally just thought he had like a new friend. Yeah. And very so funny. Today the secret was revealed, unfortunately. That is very funny. Uh <laughs> that, that happened. Um all right, let's see. Next thing I got. Oh, so this is like this technically isn't like an angry ratless, but it's it's oh. called the rat ratless cures all. So <clears throat> a couple episodes ago, maybe a few at this point, I ratless did my mom and my sister for like blocking the front of the driveway so I mm. couldn't get in at night. And for extra context, they both had to like leave first thing in the morning. So I'm not mad that I couldn't back in, but I'm mad that they were both at the front and my stepdad's car was across the street where I usually park. At least let him go behind you first so i can park where i like across the street i don't mind parking across the street it's the fact that i had to park across the street and then like six cars down so i had to walk even further the next time i came home all of the cars were moved back so i could get in so because i told my mom i put them on the rat list and she hates being on the rat list and so i moved the cars back and then i felt bad because then they had to move all the cars in the morning when it was time for them to leave so i felt bad but apparently the rat list fixes all your problems in case you're wondering. <laughs> it actually doesn't. Sometimes it makes your problems worse. Ooh, it really funny. does. Uh, speaking of, we complain about traffic more than enough on this. That's kind of how it started. And mm. yesterday I was victim to some of the most brutal traffic I've ever been a part of. It was awful. Mm. So a while back I talked about how funny this bridge construction is on 195. And it got me. It got me yesterday. I didn't actually have to take the bridge. But now I guess like throughout December when this all first went down, people must have been using like their vacation time, not, not going to the office. Businesses were like, you can work remotely. Now that the new year has come back, I think everyone has gone back to work. Mm. So I'm going into Providence yesterday. I'm coming on 95 North. Heads towards 195, but I don't have to use 195. I actually GPSed which way would be the fastest before I even thought about getting on the highway because I was like, I don't want to get fucked. I actually didn't take the highway. Misspoke. Went without the yeah. highway because you can do that. That's how sick Rhode Island is. I'm driving next to 95 and I shit you not, the traffic is just as bad. It is bumper <laughs> to bumper on a regular back road with lights. And I had no hope. It must have taken me a half hour to get a half mile. It was... It was degrading. It, it was. It was. It broke my spirit. It it, it set the it set the tone. It set the tone for a rough day. Awful. It's brutal. Get your shit together, ride dot rats. All of them rats. They should all be gone. Very tough. Tough look for ride dot. Not great. Not fun. The street uh, told me that this all happened. Sorry, I just remembered this. This all happened. What was reported is that. 
they had found an issue with the bridge that it may collapse. The streets told me the bridge was collapsing. So they were like, oh, shit, we better fix this now. People were probably at risk driving over this thing forever. This is they all going to be gone. If you live in Rhode Island, make sure you I don't know if you can vote on it vote on it i don't know i don't know what the deal is going to be in november i'm just complaining without actual solutions to the problem <laughs> shake my fist at peter lb the, the the head of the department of transportation uh i'm gonna rattle the green line for just being shut down for sounds like, like 195 baby weeks at a time yeah like i can use the orange line it's fine i just don't like it as much and so i'm just mad that i can't use the green line to get home um, i think the the green wack. the green line sets the tone for celtics games you ride the green line, things go well. I mean, yeah. every time you've gone, they've won because they win every time at home. It's it's ruining my rhythm. My rhythm is I take the red line in, I take the orange line to North Station, and then I come home, I go to North Station, I take the green line to Park Street, and then I take the red line from there home. And now I have to do the orange line both ways, and I just don't like it as much. Yeah. Like it doesn't it it doesn't matter like at all realistically, but in my head, it's just ruining my flow. It's just getting into my normal cadence of doing things, and I just don't like it. The change so. Out on that, Matt. Them. Also, quick, I'll package it in. Ratlist, uh, shit's so expensive, man. I'm going on the road to cover a few Celtics games because you're going a weekend, though, right? No, it's during the week. <laughs> it's just so expensive. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, I, I don't like. I'm getting there. I'm flying out on a Sunday, so I guess that's the weekend. But everything else is during that week. So, like, why is flights and hotels so expensive on a random Thursday in January in Miami? Like, I know it's Miami, but what the fuck? Who's, who's well, going is. to Miami on a Thursday? On January, Five people looking to start a new long weekend off, where they're yes. like, "Hey, it's sick that they have warm weather in January." Too expensive. Don't like it. Fuck off. I'm not a fan. Uh, rat list. A combination of playback and Facebook. So, one, I'll take it easy on playback because Jack doesn't like when I make fun of them. But we did the Bucks playback on Thursday. Uh, it was it went well. We had passes to give out to people so they could watch the game. Everybody that wanted to watch it could watch it. Shout out to Celtics Blog for also having the stream. So I think everybody that wanted to watch the game could do it with either us or them. Mm-hmm. But I don't even know if I did this. If you did you post the playback link to Facebook? No. Uh I tried to share our YouTube stream, but like something got glitched and it didn't share a stream to Facebook for whatever reason. So I don't maybe you know why. Because I, I got banned. Oh, <laughs> I shared our stream, the pregame stream to my Facebook pages. I do every game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I go to message the group chat. And I cannot message the group chat. The pregame stream streamed to Facebook. Fine. That wasn't the problem. It was the playback Correct. stream. Yeah. <clears throat> but then. I have been informed that I was banned for three days from from messaging oh. my main group chat on Facebook. This three days is, is better than three days is better than permanent though. <laughs> Not really. Yes, really. Don't be a moron. Uh, what do you mean? Yes, really. Fuck. If it was permanent, I would just make a new Facebook. <laughs> okay. Sure. You can make a new Facebook. Three days is just objectively better than a permanent ban. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not like I like built like I don't really care about like Facebook clout. It's not like I just... it, Twitter would be different. If I got banned from Twitter, it'd be different. You could just make a new Facebook for the three days. And then... But then that's wasteful. If you have a permanent, you get a fresh start. You can sure. commit to it. 
Okay. But it's ass. Because all my yeah. friends started a Madden League and I can't like give input. I am involved. I'm included. But I can't like be like, haha, or send memes to the group chat. I've been playing a lot of Madden lately. Madden, good game. Do you know how much Fire. of my day is sent is spent by spending me sending memes around? A lot. <laughs> too much. Well, Probably you know, too now, much. You, now I'm more productive. It's just Not productive, just miserable. Well, then just channel it into productivity. <laughs> it's terrible. This is a catastrophe. If I could boycott Facebook, I would. <laughs> well, you get to for three days. Uh, Ratlist, other media coverage. So I, I cover the Pacers, Spurs, Bulls, etc. as well. And I was going to write something for the Pacers last night uh, when I got home. There's just like no coverage of anything Hawks. Like the, the, I couldn't find a single actual beat reporter writing anything about the Hawks after the game. I wanted to see like what Trey Young had to say after losing. I wanted to see what players had to say after losing to no Tyrese Halbert and Pacers and write about it. I couldn't find anything. There's nobody at like covering that's writing right after the game. Ass. Like, like I, I guess so spoiled in, in in Boston media that there's like it's almost too much coverage that you yeah. go to other places and there's nothing. And I, I say the same all the time. If we lived in Indiana, we'd be fucking huge by now. But like, geez, it's it's brutal. Like, if I you go to Hawks anything. Reddit and you like be like, hey, I'm a new Hawks fan. What journalist should I follow on Twitter? People will help you. I mean, I know this is like a one-off, like you're not going to be looking at it yeah. every single day, but that's what I would do if like I was covering a new team. Now you're not covering the Hawks. I understand yeah. the difference. It was, it people was on Reddit usually like to help. Yeah, it's just Nuggets the same way. It's ass. Very annoying. Not a fan. But yeah. You got anything else? Uh, no, that's all I got. All right, I'm going to wrap with this. <sighs> Ratless the Patriots. Ratless the Patriots. So if you don't know, which is not possible, Bill Belichick has perished. He, he has not died, but he is no longer the coach of the Patriots. And the news of Bill Belichick no longer being the coach of the Patriots came out on Thursday morning, hours after the best Celtics win of the season. Best Celtics win of the season against the Timberwolves on Wednesday night. We can't even enjoy the timeline on Thursday. No, no. Because it has been completely hijacked by the Patriots staff changing first and foremost belichick deserves all the recognition the greatest ever probably the problem i have is with the patriots fans as it always is patriots fans spent the entire season bitching and moaning about belichick only to be like i can't believe this i'm so shocked i'm gonna miss him so much i think it was a i think it was a like this should happen, but I don't think it'll ever happen type of thing. Like if like, you know what I'm saying? Like as much as the Patriots struggled and everyone was like, oh, maybe it's time. Like, I don't think anybody thought it would actually happen. Uh, at least that's how did I you thought. not I think it would happen. It was reported. I didn't think it, it was actually... reported like five weeks ago. Uh, by yeah, a reliable but, source. Yeah, but there were there were other reports saying like, no, it's not true. Like nothing's been determined yet. Like I, it's just one of those things like he's been there for so long, done so much with the team that like it's impossible to actually see it happening realistically. Uh, and so it did. I I mean, I was surprised that it happened. Like, I didn't actually think it was going to happen. How are you like, surprised? We're going to have an argument now. Yeah, because you're, mm, you annoy the fuck out of me because you don't actually pay attention to football that you comment. What do you football. mean I don't pay attention? I knew this was happening five weeks ago. Yes, but there were, you, but there were other reports that said those reports weren't true. You just yeah, look at what you want to see. People in the organization were probably like, we didn't want this getting out yet. What the hell? It's because he's been there for so long that it's like, holy shit. Like, I didn't think this would actually ever happen. Like, yeah, there were rumors, but like, he's been there forever. Like, that's crazy that it's yeah, happening for real. Unfortunately, looped in with the morons on this one. Uh, no, you. Uh, I'm God, sorry. I, 
I, you know what? I don't want to be angry. This is what I do. Like half the time when you say something that annoys me, I just, I don't want to be angry. So I just, I don't care enough. And so I'm going to not, I'm not gonna. I don't want to drag you individually anymore, but like Tommy Curran, who works for NBC sports, Boston is on the beat and has been reliable was like, Hey, Belichick out. Yes. But it's one of those things where he's been there for so long and he's done so much with the team that when it actually happens, no matter if there was reporting, no matter if there were rumors, no matter if there were anything, the fact that his legacy with the team, the fact that he's been there for so long, that when it actually happens, it's still surprising. If there was reporting that Pop was probably going to retire at the end of the season or that they were probably going to part ways after a shit season. And then everyone was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But like you don't actually believe it until it happens. It's because it's, it's something no, so... It's something I'm not doing so, it. I'm telling you, I'm, I would believe that. Good for you. I'm proud of you, buddy. It's something so unbelievable that it's like, wow, I didn't think it would actually happen. It's because he, they've been connected and linked for so long. I think, I'm, t- I'm I think explaining is the incorrect word. I think it's surreal. Sure. Those are synonyms. No, you they're fuck! not. It's not the same. I, you know what? I don't want I Surprising is like, I, I, I didn't think that would happen. Surreal is like, this thing is like, it's it's like unreal it's different surprising is like a surprise party like ha surprise like surreal is like oh my god like this thing i thought would never change sam i'm ex- you are explaining i've only like, seen belichick be the coach of the patriots it's weird that he's not the patriots coach anymore is what surreal is that's the that's the way to word it i'm sorry so you're getting mad at semantics on twitter at that point you're just mad at semantics no i'm mad at these moron people that were like he needs that would be like if Marcus, like when Marcus got traded, if all the morons were like, oh, I'm I'm so sad. It's the same thing. Very similar. Sure. Sure. That's all I got. You got Belichick's anything else? legacy much greater, though. Make no mistake. That's not what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, no, nothing else. That's all right. We can wrap there before I lose my fucking mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe to How About Them Celtics. Uh, leave us a review on Apple. Uh, leave us ratings on Spotify and Apple. We'd appreciate it very much. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, and I'll let Sam wrap it up. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. There you will find these full-length pods, game recaps, talking seas with Bobby Kravitsky, film breakdowns, and any kind of newsers. Also, we're live a half hour before every game for the pregame show. So make sure you tune in for that. It's always a good time. We love the chatters. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of it. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell us what you thought of the game. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple. If you follow us, you'll get the audio versions of the pods and game recaps right to your inbox. And if you leave a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. If you want to get in touch with us via email, hbtcpod at gmail.com is a great way to do it. We go through the emails as you saw today. Every podcast, we love to know what you're thinking, and we'll give you feedback. If you want to reach out to us on socials, it's at How About Them Seas. There's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. The Facebook is just the name of the podcast. Our pregame streams are there as well, despite me being banned. You can also find them on Twitter. Jack's Twitter is at Jack's Money NBA. Mine is at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye. Check, check.